0: October 5th, 2023, we're in Maseche Betza and of Kafhei Amud Bet, at the very bottom line of the next Mishnah. And if you recall, the introduction to this Mishnah is that the Mishnah, and in turn the Gemara, will assume we know certain basic laws. It's the basic laws of Bechor. The Torah talks about a firstborn animal being sanctified. There are no words that sanctify it. There's no necessity, nor... Uh, obligation that a person say anything of that sort. If it's firstborn animal, it needs to be sacrificed to Akadosh baruchu and the meat is eaten by the kohanim. That's under normal circumstances. If there is what's called a mum kavua, a mum of course means a blemish. Kavua means it's uh, permanent. Now, that's in contrast to a mum over It's a blemish, but it's going to pass. A mum kavua. In the animal, in turn, designates it as inappropriate, wrongful to sacrifice, but still destined for the kohanim. So Kohen then takes possession of it, slaughters it, and enjoys it if it has a mum kavua. If it has a mum ovar, well, it's going to be aver. It's not permanent, it's a temporary blemish. It's not considered a blemish at all in this context. What's that? Yes, kohanim eat it either way. <laughs> No, we're not dealing with a blemish of that sort. We're dealing with, I don't know, it's missing an eye, or it's got a, you know, things of that sort. A tarif means it has an internal illness that's going to kill it, yeah. Um, th- that being the case, the last detail to notice and to realize is that the determination is made by what's known as a mumhe. You needed a person who knew the laws and knew the animals properly in order to determine this is a mumkavua. You and I would not be doing it. We'd need to turn to a mumhe in order to make that determination. That's a little bit different than in you know, a halakha in general. Halakha in general, we might turn to people who know the laws better than us, but ultimately speaking, The law doesn't need to be determined by them. The law just is. Over here, the reality is, for all intents and purposes, determined and set forth by the mumheh, by the person who's proficient in these laws and these realities. that being the case, says the Mishnah, Bechor she'nafal lebor. If there's a firstborn animal which fell into into a pit, Let's take a look. Two lines from the bottom. At Rashi, Rashi gives us some of the background that I just gave you. Bechor Bizman hazeh enishhat belomum. In today's day and age, Rashi adds, you no longer bring it to the mikdash. So always in today's day and age, I gave you the background from the Torah. But what about when you don't have a mikdash? In today's day and age, a bechor cannot and would not ever be slaughtered unless it has a mumkavua. kavua. shekodashim hu because it has a sanctified status. As a result, it can't be brought to the Mikdash, although it is sanctified. You have to wait for that mum. It becomes Kadosh on its own, irrespective of the actions of a person. And a person who slaughters it, whether it's a Kohen or anyone else, when it's Tam... When it doesn't have a blemish If you were to go to a firstborn animal without a blemish on it, in it, and slaughter it you're violating an Isur from the Torah which is punishable with Karet that's paramount to death from heaven it's called shohet kodashim b'chutz. You're taking something that's kadosh, slaughtering it outside of the mikdash. As a result, the halacha with regards to the day and age when there's no mikdashes, it needs a moon. You see that word in the Mishnah? You're thinking, needs to be a moon in order for it to be consumed. Well, several issues in terms of your question. First and foremost, who said they're buying from Jews who own this? Uh, these animals. Secondly, if they are, yeah, the Bechor is separated and needs to be left in order to get a blemish, in order to then be consumed by a Kohen. Keep in mind, it's only the firstborn to each one of these animals, but indeed, yes, I, I would. To the living animal, living animal, very important. A.B. points out, this needs to be, well, obviously, if you're going to be consuming it, it needs to have been slaughtered appropriately, right? You can't slaughter it and then blemish it. No, no, blemish needs to be alive while the animal is alive. What's that? You may not cause the blemish. It's Kodesh with an Isur to cause the blemish. You leave it alive until it falls down a cliff and hurts itself. You can sell it, but what are you going to, I mean, you're not going to make that much money. Yeah, uh, well, it's kodesh, so you can't really you can't really give it over to you. are not going to give it to an non The Choshen Afal Lebor says <laughs> the Mishnah Rabi Judahomer Yered Mumheh VeYirae Im Yeshbo Mumya Aleh. So even though there's a, a detail or two miss, missing over here, the circumstance is that uh, we're the uh, Yom Tov, Yom Tov question. It's not per se a question about Bechor, but it's a Yom Tov question. So uh, the circumstance is, says Rabbi a mumche, we define that word, this person who's proficient, knowledgeable in this, this domain of halakha, who's necessary for determining this, yered mumche, he can and should go into the pit, he should determine if there is indeed a blemish, which is called a mum kavua, permanent blemish, you bring the animal out and you slaughter it. But if when he went down, he determined that the animal does not have that blemish, hot period, you don't slaughter. It sounds somewhat straightforward. This is the statement to the opinion of Rabbi Huda. Rashi says what's the issue? Just leave it in the pit over the course of the holiday? Says Rashi, and The fear is, even if you gave it food, it's going to die there. So you'd like to, in order to avoid a major financial loss, to take it out and slaughter and eat it on the holiday. Mumche explains Rashi, What is a mumche? It's a person who knows the blemishes well. Imyesh mum explains Rashi at the top of the next amud, very importantly, al we must argue, says Rashi. And again, the Gemara will tease this out a little bit, but Rashi really p- painting the scenery of our Mishnah and in turn Gemara. Al-Kurchach re Mukse Itle. It means yesh. Now, if you recall, throughout our Masech, we have a machlok between a Biudan and a about whether there's Mukse on Yom Tov. And in turn, in our Mishnah, as I mentioned at the very end of the class, in my 30 seconds, a lot of which I extended to two minutes, Rabbi Uda and Rabbi Shimon seem flipped over here. Rabbi Uda is the lenient one in this Mishnah, and the final line is going to say something about the Shimon being lenient. Well, why is, excuse me, being stringent? So the, the opinions seem to be flipped. Rabbi Uda, who generally speaking has a concept of Mukseh, is permitting the checking and slaughtering of this animal. Is that mukze related? If it is... Hard for me to understand. Rabbi Shimon, who generally speaking is permissing, permi- permitting in the context of mukseh is stringent over here, says, says Rashi. Well, you have to know. Certainly Rabbi Huda is consistent. Certainly his opinion is Mukseh is a problem on the holiday. So then what's the issue? etmol. explains Rashi, we must be saying in the Mishnah that the case is that this blemish befell the animal before the holiday. You haven't checked it yet, but you saw the blemish on it. If you hadn't seen a blemish on the animal entering into the holiday, and now on the holiday you say, oh, that animal looks like it's got a blemish, you can't in that situation turn to the mum, have them check in and eat the animal. That would be mukseh. The animal entering into the holiday was inedible. Why was it inedible? For all intents and purposes, it didn't have a mum. It didn't have a blemish. As a result, mukseh, Rabbi Udaw would agree to that. Rashi then is painting our scenery. The case is, even though again, Mishnah never mentioned any of these details, the blemish was there before the holiday. The only details were undetermined, meaning that we don't know whether it's a mum kabua or a mum over. There was certainly something on that animal. My mind was on it. If my mind was off it, Rabbi Uda would say, Asur, mukse. I'm just uncertain. I didn't have a chance to check it out entirely. Then... Okay, good question, good question. What? No. Why? It's your, in your possession. You, you did traffic. Fell in on Yom Tov. Says Rashi, the In turn, this is the case. It's a blemished animal. You didn't show it to the during the. Time before the holiday, Lahatiron <laughs> or to permit it, Venafalaborba Yom Tob and in turn it fell in on Yom Tob. Yered Mum Heb mum shayabo et mol the mumhhe <laughs> determining if the blemish which was on it yesterday Imum Kavuahu Yale vi shot if it's <laughs> a permanent blemish and determined as such, you can take it out and slaughter it. Because in such a situation, there's no your mind was on it. Your thoughts were connected to this animal. You saw the blemish. You said, well, maybe we'll be able to eat it. Or we'll be able to share it with our kohen friends. Okay. Anyway, says the Mishnah again. First opinion over here: the bechor shenafal lebor. And Rashi explains it had the mum be'od yom. You just didn't check it. Rabbi Udaomer yered mum hev yereh im yesh ba mumya alevi yishhot v'im lav lo yishhoter bishimon Bishimon is a dissenting opinion. Kol she'en mumon nikar mi be'od yom en minamuchan. The final words of the Bishimon are somewhat uh, surprising. and are puzzling. What are his words? If there was no mum nikar mi be if the mumhed didn't check it and determine during the daytime enze min Those words have meant for us throughout this masachet that it's mukse. It can't mean, says Rashi, that it's mukse because Rabbi Shimon is the opinion who permits Mukseh. All of a sudden, he's forbidding Mukseh. It's a kodesh issue which has ramifications in mukse. If it's kodesh, my mind's not on it. So, Rashi's interpretation of Rabbi So, saying the owner of the animal So, clearly, it must be, says Rashi, the owner saw a blemish before the holiday. He did not determine whether it was a mum over or a mum kavua. He's not entitled to but he knew there was something there. As a result, his mind is on it. It's not mukse. Uda says, "Okay, it's in the pit." Says Charlie, "Why in the pit?" Good question. We'll ask that in the Gemara. I'll send the guy down. Check it. If it has, go ahead and eat it. That's Rebiudah. Bishimon, for some reason, disagrees. We don't understand that. Bishimon, we're not dealing with Mukse. If it was Mukser, Bishimon for sure would be permitting. Uda would be Oseh. We said it's not. He saw something on it. He wasn't 100 certain, but he had his mind on it. Says Rashi, min this is not lav mishum Again, Rashi is, is is unapologetically repeating this Mukseh business because that's the mistake you would make in reading this Mishnah. It looks like Rabbi Bishimon, we know Mukseh, you're not certain, Well, oh, it must be Mukseh, everything's left, it can't be. Says so Rashi, it's not because of mukseh. mukseh, because we know the opinion of Bishimon from all the way on page one of the Massechet, does not have Mukseh. Ela, so Rashi's first interpretation over here is that maybe the issue is. You might recall we saw in the Mishnah later on the Masich you're not allowed to take Tirumot and on the holiday. Why not? not actually, fix The Rabbi say it looks inappropriate. The food was inedible beforehand. You took the food, you took tirumah from it, and now it's edible. Not allowed to do so on the holiday. In turn, says Rashi, according to the Bishima'on, if the Mumhe goes ahead and determines that there's a Mum Kavu'ah in this, oh, that's Nirakimet Hakeed. Inappropriate, wrongful to do on the holiday. That's the interpretation of it. Amazingly, the determination would be. Well, keep it, there's going to be a ma'aseh afterwards, you're going to slaughter it, but the ma'aseh is uh, the hay looking at it. Uh, it's an interesting question the Gemara will a little bit address. Uh, Jeffrey says, ah, get it out, it's, uh, it's uh, first of all, we're not certain it's going to die. Second of all, uh, is it really pain? We imagine something along those lines. The Gemara will play with something and will explain why we're not doing this. Uh, well, why don't we do Ha'arama, do one of the rabbinic, you know, sly moves, in order to get it out to help the animal. What's that? That's right, something along those lines. Anyway, so that's, uh, that's the first interpretation of Rashi. The second interpretation of Rashi over here is, and it's, Dehava kedan din, degazur be'mishumshivut. The other interpretation of Rashi is that by the mumhe determining that it's a Mum Kavua or a Mum Over, determining the status and quality of the uh, blemish, it's uh, like a judgment. And that as well is rabbinically prohibited. Why is it rabbinically prohibited? Shemei <laughs> Yechtob because in judgment he's sometimes right this appears like judgment it's not per se a gizera, it's part of the same gizera. the rabbi said anything along the lines of judgment is forbidden again you might ask so then we can't be poseh kalacha no you could be poseh kalacha on the holiday because the halacha was not determined and dependent upon the pesak halacha you're uncertain what to do and you opened the book or you knew the halacha you didn't need to ask the rabbi you didn't need to ask the scholar over here it's not permitted unless the he makes that determination. As a result, Rashi's second interpretation is, it's like Dan Deen according to the Bishimon. So that's the mahluk between the Bishimon and the here in our Mishnah. Without getting far into it, Tosafot on the left hand side disagrees with Rashi. According to Rabbi Shimon, you see the Gemara is going to focus on Rabbi Yehudah, but at this point they have a debate in Rabbi Shimon, just very briefly, in 10 seconds, 20 seconds, Tosafot's opinion is that Rabbi Shimon, in some way, we'll have to see in the Gemara how they get to this, believes this is considered mukseh that the determination from the mumcheh is not permitted on the holiday. And on that, he split with Rabbi Huda. And as a result of turning to the Mumchay on the holiday, which is prohibited, I never had my mind on this animal. But you knew there was a blemish, but I knew I'm not allowed to turn to the Mumchay on the holiday. So it's like, what's our famous example with Rabbi Shimon? When's the one case where we know he agrees there is mumchey? When you have the dried fruits on the roof, where they're not edible at this point, Uh, even Rabbi Shimon says if it's entirely out out of mind, that's considered Mukseh in this situation, argues Tosafot, again, a longer conversation statement, that this would maybe be according to Rabbi Shimon Mukseh in a way that splits him with Rabbi Huda. But okay, that's what we have in our Mishnah. Mishnah. Our Mishnah records a machlok, Rabbi, Huda, Rabbi Shimon, where the animal fell into the, into the bore. Uh, on Yom Tov, however, there was undetermined prior to Yom Tov whether it was a mum that was permanent, kavua, or over, impermanent, and in turn, can you have him check and can you slaughter it? Right. Maybe put a ramp in, put a ramp in for it, I, I, you know. You you ask me the practical questions. I'm the one person you don't want to ask practical questions. You know I don't. I, I sink canoes or uh, kayaks, right, Stanley? I'm, uh, I'm the, why, why do you we know. have to go into the border for this question? Why well, would you rather? You'd rather pull I the animal out? the So that's that's what Charlie's asking as well. Nathan's. Furthering that question, this question that we, the way we just presented, and Shimon, doesn't appear to be a question that's dependent upon it being in a, in a pit. That doesn't seem to be our issue. It seems to be just a general issue. Is he allowed to determine it or not? All right, give the Gemara just a moment or two to determine that question as well. Why do we care if it's in the pit? And now, the pit does make an extra additional detail over here. You're going to have to pull it out. It's and so forth. Okay, give it a minute or two. Says the Gemara be mai kamipalge. What is on what are they split? What's the of Biudar and Bishimon really predicated upon? So what are we what are we debating? We spent a lot of time in Rashi explaining the context and so forth. But what's the underlying dispute? Says the Gemara Inema. If you were to say, and if I start a sentence with "If you were to say," clearly it's going to be that's not right. If you were to say Mumin Kamipalge. Perhaps the mahlokit is dependent upon whether there's a permissibility to determine, to look at the blemishes on yom tob or not. Maybe that's the mahlokit. Rabi says, not allowed. We gave rationale in the Excuse me, Rabi says, allowed. We gave an explanation. Why not? It's not mukseh You're going to check. You're going to eat it on the holiday. Permitted. it. Bishimon, for one of the two reasons we saw mentioned in our Mishnah, would say inappropriate. Now let it determine. It's like deen. It's like a judgment. It's like nirakimitakin, as if you're fixing. Maybe that's the machlokia. Maybe that's all they're debating. Again, if that's all they're debating, Charlie and Nathan come roaring. This say, so then why does it need to be in a pit? It's not them. The Gemara says it. it says the Gemara, bero'in mumin de'alma. Question mark. The alma means in general. Just give a general machloket over here. Don't start with the words bechor shenafal libor. Start with the word bechor. Bechor dash. Uh, Firstborn animal. That's it. That's the machloket. If the machloket is only about whether it's permitted, whether it's mutar to check it or not. Well, that should be, that's it. Shalom al Yisrael, what's the extra detail that fell into a pit? Now you might say, no, that's just what happened. Mishnayot don't speak like that. Mishnayot are not stories, generally speaking. Mishnayot are halachot. Halakhat needs to be stated in the most simple fashion so that we can understand exactly what's taking place. You didn't need that additional detail. Therefore, says the Gemara, Bechor shenafal lebor itztarichaleh that additional detail of the firstborn falling into the pit, it's tarikh ale, There it was a necessary detail to teach me something else, to teach me uh, something more novel. Salkad atach amina, you would have thought to say, ba'alei le'arim kirbi hoshua. I think Imara's suggestion at this point is, maybe the descent, the fact that it fell into the pit, that's a very necessary detail because we're teaching an extra novelty. We're telling you, maybe you would have thought to say, perhaps it would have risen in your mind to say that over here... Le'arim, that's that keyword we encountered on Dafla and one or two other places in our Masechet, Ha'arama. We generally associate it with the Nahash being Arum, the Nahash was sly and conniving. But from time to time the rabbis tell us we can and should be conniving in Halacha. Maybe should be is the wrong word, but we're allowed to and it's appropriate in certain circumstances. We, not all of us perhaps, but many people do it year on a yearly basis with selling their hamet. For all intents and purposes, that's ha'arama. And the postgiving discuss how's that permitted, is it nisudah etc. But in this context, says the Gemara, we know a halacha. It happens to be this class really does know it. It's later in the Masech, on Dafla <laughs> Medzayin, Rabbi The Gemara gives you those words and you're supposed to know what's going on. Of course, Rashi will help you. But we know Rabbi already. On Dafla <laughs> the circumstance was the following. You have, in a pit as well, a mother and its baby. Remember this one? The Torah says, O beno, you're not allowed to slaughter in one day. The child and its mother. Oh, that being the case, I have the child and its mother in a pit. I don't want to suffer a financial loss, says Eli Bogan. I don't want the animal that's left in the pit to die. I know I can eat one of these, I can't slaughter both. Can't even give it to someone else to slaughter. They cannot be slaughtered in the same day. Well, what am I to do? I don't want to incur the financial loss. I want to eat one of them. What you can do is ha'arama, says the Bi'oshua, pull up one and say, "Oh, I thought I was going to eat this one, but that one actually, in the moment, looks better, looks more delicious, or leaner, and more more appealing." And so then you pull up the other one, and then you decide whichever one you want to eat. But with each mummy, say that one looks better, you pull that one up, and they say, "Oh my goodness, I didn't realize that one looked better. The other one in the pit, and you pull that one up. That's called ha'arama, which the Bi'oshua <laughs> permitted." What would the issue have been? It's an unnecessary exertion of energy in pulling them both out. Says the Gemara over here, and this is. To a certain extent, what Jeffrey was asking, I think, in the Mishnah, Mishum Sa'ar Ba'ale So we don't have the Isur from the Torah of Otove Beno any longer, of the parent and the child slaughtering on one day. But we do, and we're Posekla Halacha this way that Sa'ar Ba'ale Hayim is Asur from the Torah. You're not allowed to cause or to allow for suffering to an animal. Well, then maybe I should pull one out and pull this type of thing on it. I'll pull it out and say, well, maybe, I don't know, do a ha'arama over here. Maybe I should be able to pull the animal before the mumche looks at it, out of the pit, and only then, and only then determine whether it's a, it's kosher or not. In other words, whether it has a kabu or not. That's the kamash ma'lan. We have to figure out what the kamash ma'lan is. Sa'ar ba'ale Pain to an animal. The gimaran baserim. What's the pain? It's stuck in a pit, it might actually die. Even though it has food, it's in a small quarters over there. Uh, who said that sa'ar Ba'alei Haim is asur from the Torah? Well, the Gemara says it's prohibited from the Torah to pain an animal. Where's that derived from? Nobody knows. The Gemara never gives a source for it. Rashi says that it's from the sources in Parashat Mishpatim, which say, if you see the burden of your friend on the animal squatting by the side of the road, hakim takim you have to help him in that situation. Fascinatingly, there are different approaches. Harambam says that we learn it from Bil'am. Bil'am was rebuked for hitting the donkey shalosh regalim three times. That's his rebuke, his rebuke isn't going against God, his rebuke is for hitting the donkey three times from the angel, you see, you're not supposed to unnecessarily hit donkeys and things of that sort. But it means then that Gemara is in our context saying, that the additional detail of it being in the pit is for another statement, it's for another law. What's the law? You would have thought perhaps I can pull it out, do a ha'arama say maybe that's a blemish on it, kamash ma'lan, you're not allowed to do so. Uh, question? Because we have to figure out why not, yeah?
1: you you're not doing it
0: for a positive where the other case, you doing it for No, I'm going to, I, my... Uh, that's the kamash ma'ala. The kamashmalah means, and we teach it's not so, why, how do we distinguish between otoveit bino and this animal, and the bekhor? What's the difference between the two? Jesse asked, that's, what's the kamash ma'ala? Jesse just explained, he said in the et beno you could factually say, at each moment that you pull an animal out, it's biadi. I could be slaughtering this. As you pulled this other animal out of the pit before it was checked, you can't factually say so. That's why you can't do Ha'arama. But then there's no real Ha'arama because from the start it's shot down. so it's, a real... it's not shot down from the start. I'm uncertain. I say I want to take this animal out in order to determine that. Hazit the animal. Don't wait until the mumche comes in order to go in and check it and so forth. Let's get it out in the meantime, until the mumche comes. Let the mumche check it up here. Every extra second that's down there, it's being pain. Could have been a good claim. The counterclaim is as you said. But in this moment, you don't know if you could actually eat it. Haram, I would not be permitted in such a uh, circumstance. If it's out <clears throat> you can take that. are going to check for uh, If you're going to be eating it, pull it out and slaughter and enjoy it. No question. Yeah. You may have said this where you're not sure. Should have had a check so so Rashi's suggestion is You saw on it a blemish That's your mental preparation Your mental preparation is, is my to get I mean we'd like you to But you didn't need to get it checked per se before I mean listen that's the machloket ultimately speaking Bishimon says it is Because you're not allowed to do it on But in terms of mukseh the argument is It's not so The fact that you saw the blemish means it's on your mind That's sufficient I guess it says the Gemara now, uh, one more time, Be Mai Kamipalge. What's the mahlokit from the very beginning of the Gemara? Four lines down. Inema, if we were to say, Be Roin Mumin Kamipalge, their mahlokit is whether you're allowed to look at and determine by a mumhe those mumin, dirbiudasavar Uda Roin Mumin Biom Tov, or Bishimon Savar, En Roin Mumin Biom Tov, that, that mahlokit is quite that. Simply, it's whether you're allowed to determine on Yom Tov, whether it's a rabbinic violation or not. If that were the case, they should disagree, in a more simple case, in a circumstance where it didn't fall into a pit. There's a necessity in that additional detail. Why so? It's teaching you that although you would have thought to say, with the impetus, with the power of, I can't, and I'm not allowed to, pain this animal. Le'arim, I should have that sly, conniving, smart approach to halakha, where I could find the loophole, viliske, and pull it out, along the lines of, not but of Rebiyoshua, how Rebiyoshua says you're allowed to do so, with the mother and the child. The Hidush over here, is, as Jesse explained to us, it's not so, there's a major difference over there. Each one of the animals, as you pull it out, is slaughterable. You can't slaughter them at once on the same day, but each one is slaughterable. Over here, you're not certain whether this animal is slaughterable at all, and in turn, you can't pull that ha'arama. Says the gemara, If that's the case, lo yishhot? Question mark. Lo ya'ale vi mi ba'ele. Questions the gemara. If that's the case, how come when Rabbi Yehoshua was kalacha, Let's read his excuse. Me, Rabbi Uda, let's read his words in the Mishnah again. Bottom of kafeh did you hear his words? One more time. If there's a blemish, pull it out and slaughter it. If not, don't slaughter it. How come his words are not importantly, don't pull it out and slaughter If you're telling me one of the primary lessons from our Mishnah is the pulling it out, so it should have said, if it doesn't have a blemish, you can't pull it out. That's what it should have said but he's going into it, and that's the whole point. The, the mumcheh is going into the pit and determining, uh, why does it need to be a pit? To tell you you're not allowed to pull it out. So then tell me you're not allowed to pull it out. Instead, his words are, v'imlav, if it doesn't have a blemish, lo yishchot, don't slaughter it. It should say, don't pull it out and slaughter it. So the Gemara, suggests, the Gemara suggests, according to Rashi's interpretation, you learned from the initial words this novelty. Again, it's, the words are, In those words, we learned that the only way you're allowed to pull it out is if you determine there's a blemish. That's what we talked about. The continued words, they're teaching me something else. So it gets a little confusing over here, but again, I have two statements which really seems like two sides of the same coin, but they're teaching me separate issues. Number one, if there's a blemish, then and only then may you pull the animal out in order to slaughter it. If there's no blemish... Don't slaughter it. Now we didn't additionally add don't pull it out because we're learning something further from there. says the Gemara I lo yishhot question mark let's quote unquote lo yishhot lo ya'alev yishhot baile." answers the Gemara la tziricha those final words of the Imlav lo <inaudible> yishhot are telling me de'avar ve'askeh salkada da'atach amina le'ishhateh Says the Gemara, you would have thought, and the case is that you actually pulled it out already. Let's read it one last time. That first statement is the only way you're allowed to pull it out is if you determine there was a blemish when in the pit. Then pull it out. Those next words explains the Gemara. If there's no blemish, parentheses, and you pulled it out and you pulled it out. You weren't allowed to. You weren't allowed to. Did it anyway. Rabbinically prohibited. Not supposed to be pulled, but I pulled it out. Can I now slaughter it? Can I now? Oh, one second. If you did pull it out and then determine that it has a blemish, can I now slaughter it? Why not? It has a blemish. Shouldn't have pulled it out though. Why are you not allowed to slaughter it? One of two reasons. Take a look quickly at Rashi. Lo sericha de'avar ve'askeh. I'm in the, uh, the four lines before they get wide. In Rashi. And Rashi umi meshma umi mashmauta. From those initial words of de lo liskeh mereisha. I mean Shema mina dekatane yeredum hevireh. Lo katane yaleh obireh. V'hadar shmeina na hariti. Here's the key words in the first wide line of rashid di De'avar ve'askeh ve'lo mum. Rashi doesn't yet help us with this Why not? Why am I not allowed to slaughter it in such a circumstance? When I pulled it out and I found the moon Well, you can really, and Rashi will help us out with this in a few lines You can really, really understand this in one of two... Well, first. Quickly, read the Gemara. Ask the Gemara, Lishate? you're allowed to slaughter it when it came out? Tamu, Isn't it unblemished? Again, I pulled it out. No, two cases. Not allowed to pull it out before determining, but I went in and I determined, then pull it out and slaughter it. I pulled it out and I didn't check it beforehand. You can't slaughter it. You can't slaughter, it. You can't slaughter it? Of course you can't slaughter it. It didn't have a blemish. Tamu, No, it must be that on the holiday, it got a blemish in such a circumstance I can't slaughter it? Why not? Why can't I slaughter it? What's that? So that's the Gemara questions in a moment. Before that the Gemara says, we, even without Mukseh, and we'll argue there is no Mukseh problem, you're not allowed to slaughter it. Why not? Uh, so one of uh, one of uh, two reasons. E- either it's a kenasa. hachamim say you weren't supposed to pull it out. You pulled it out, and I allowed it to do so. Alternatively, how do you know that that mum, as as we mentioned earlier, wasn't developed through the pulling out? In turn, it would maybe be a muktzeh. Okay, we'll return to this point tomorrow and be able to finish this first segment of the subya. Baruch Adonai leolam. Amen.